Finding the right cleat can be transformative. Believe me, I've worn plenty during my career. So getting the right balance is crucial. The cleat needs to feel good on your foot, but also feel good connecting with the ball. The New Balance Furon 7 Plus is built with both of those points in mind, offering overall comfort and precise striking in the game's fastest moments. Because, as I learned the hard way, because I didn't possess much of it, speed matters in soccer. That's why the Furon 7 Plus is built for accuracy and precision at rapid pace and is engineered specifically for use on firm ground. Why is this the ideal cleat, I hear you ask? Well, not to get too scientific, but the Furon 7 Plus offers a lightweight yet supportive hypo-knit with mesh lining upper construction and is paired with offset lacing for a truer strike of the ball, which is a long way of me saying that your game will immediately get better when these are on your feet. Learn more and purchase the Furon at NewBalance.com. Solving up in soccer. We trust your new favorite podcast with your favorite former U.S. men's national team players. Sands Charlie Davies today. It's only me, Jimmy Conrad, and Hollywood Heath Pierce. Heath, before we take any steps forward into talking about these cities, the city you grew up in, Modesto, probably not going to host a World Cup. <laughs> no, but you, 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 you said something, Jimmy, that I think was a little bit you know, hurtful to a place like Modesto. You say those that deserve and those that don't deserve. And I think that's just such a, that's the competitor in you where, you know, perhaps we just are, you know, resource wise, uh, not there yet. You know, like let's, let's spin that into a, let's do the media it's spin and turn it into It's called yeah. clickbait, Heath Pierce. No, yeah. Modesto's not uh, at the moment, you know, we're, we're, we're still a ways behind, but we'll get there. But uh, I'm really excited to talk about Same. just because there's a lot of implications. And as I was going through this, I was thinking back to like Germany World Cup host cities. I ended up playing at Hansa Rostock in the Bundesliga, which got its stadium rebuilt, which kind of gave the resources to the club for me to be able to go there and then to go on a run to get back into the Bundesliga in, in a roundabout way because that was 2007 after 2006 World Cup. Their stadium was rebuilt for that. And I was thinking like, yeah, but like I loved Rostock. It was a couple hundred thousand city. That's the size of Modesto. That is the size. Like I think Modesto might actually have a larger population than Rostock. And when I think about the, the the host cities around the world, I mean, for Qatar, it's Doha. That's the host city. You know, like <laughs> you can go in the, you know, you can call what you want in, into the suburbs. But when you look at the U.S. and Mexico and Canada, I mean, we have incredible, incredible stadiums, cities to explore. I was like, of course I want Vancouver to be back in the mix because Vancouver is an incredible place. If you're thinking traveling around the world of seeing one of the most beautiful places on earth and catching uh, a World Cup game, you're like, yeah, of course I want to go to, to, to Vancouver. Mexico City, obviously. But then I'm like, Nashville? Okay. Atlanta? Okay. Like, I could... I, I could. There, there's just no bad cities, I guess is what I'm saying. When you think about bringing it all together for a World Cup, it's really hard to eliminate some cities. Now, we could personally, but if you're a traveler from around the world, there's just so many places in the U.S. Maybe we don't have the history or the culture. I mean, we definitely don't of other places in the world. But in terms of like going to a city and enjoying it and soaking it in and spending a few days around uh, a soccer match. I mean, man, there's some incredible cities. No, there is. It'd kind of be fun if they did that biennial World Cup every two years where you could maybe have a tier, no, well, I don't know, tier two World Cup. I don't know whatever the hell that means, but where you could have cities that don't necessarily get that shine, getting the mm -hmm. opportunity 
to make that happen. So shout out to Modesto, especially everybody that's watching from the now. Listen, I'm from Temple City, California, home of the Rams. Our boys varsity team just won CIF for the first time in the history. I couldn't even do it when I was playing there. So well done, fellas. Yeah, but Jimmy, you sucked back then. You know, I, I, I didn't actually, but no, you but, sucked. I mean, based on based on stats, you sucked until you until like you made it. You know what I mean? Listen, like 12 goals and 17 assists my yeah. senior year, pulling the strings at number 10. Yeah, okay? but you, you tell the story of like, no one's looking at me. No one's looking at me. And I'm like, we were watching, Jimmy. We were watching. You just got <laughs> you just good. Weren't good. You just, yeah, you just weren't good. And then you got to I was UCLA. Got and then you got swan. and then you got swan. good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, you tell your story your way. I, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I know people Listen, that watch the guy they said he sucked. I'm the hero of my own story, okay, yeah. Heath Pierce? Let me just have well, that. I'm the antagonist in your story, so I'm the heel. I'm okay with that. Now, now I grew up 15 minutes away from the Rose Bowl, and when I was yeah. a kid, we played outside of the Rose Bowl in the parking lots. That's where a lot of our youth games were. So to actually have that chance to play against oh, the Galaxy like, in the Rose grass, Bowl. It's all grass, right? It's grass it was around. all grass. Yeah, I remember but, but it's just amazing venue, the Rose Bowl. And I know that SoFi Stadium, where the Rams just won the Super Bowl, and Kroenke owns it, also owns Arsenal and, and the Colorado Raptors and all that. He he didn't build it big enough. So FIFA came in recently and said that SoFi Stadium doesn't meet the requirements. They have to expand the field area by 63 feet. 63 yeah. feet to be considered for it. I assume Kroenke is going to do it. Mm -hmm. But if they don't, I feel like the Rose Bowl should be the stadium. It hosted the World Cup Final in 94. It hosted the 1990 Women's World Cup final in 99. I mean, the place is iconic. And, of course, they beat the U.S. in the 2011 Gold Cup final. We don't have to talk about that particular game. And you know, some big Confederations Cup games. A lot of U.S. good Mexico, U.S. Mexico games there. Oh, that so was when they had that big um, the the uh, Gold Cup winners playoff to go to the Confederations Cup. There. That's right. Remember that that's one? Right. That was a big one. Too. I remember that was that. a big one. That was a big one. I was I was going in hot, hot on Jurgen Klinsmann. And apparently, I'll have to share this story with everybody at, at another time. But But after that game, uh, I guess Jurgen Klinsmann, true story. I heard from a, a viable source who was in the room that said F Jimmy Conrad because I was handing out <laughs> I was handing out flyers that said Klinsmann's a clown ultimately, and uh. that didn't go over very well. You know, you know what? I, I feel like I was living rent-free in Jurgen Klinsmann's head for about three minutes, and it was pretty awesome to be there. Now let's get into the cities first. We should probably give everybody some context as towards or as to the cities that are being considered for this. In the US, there is uh well in in Fall 2021, FIFA toured 22 potential host cities, including Boston, Atlanta, Nashville, Orlando, Washington, D.C., Baltimore, uh, New York, New Jersey, which is Giant Stadium, MetLife, Philadelphia, Miami, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Dallas, Denver, Houston, San Francisco slash San Jose, Santa Clara area, Seattle, Los Angeles, and then Mexico City, Guadalajara, and Monterey in Mexico, Edmonton, Toronto, and now Vancouver. Was not on the stop, but now they're back in. They just announced that they're going to do it. From what I understand with regard to Vancouver, the city itself was just worried about how much money they were going to have to commit to the project. And during the pandemic and all these things that were happening, they just got a little gun shy. Apparently, they are set to spend about $250 million. They got the green light to do that. But when they looked at the budget and how much money they could gain from this opportunity, it could be up to a billion dollars over the next yeah. three or through from 2026 to 2029, which I assume would turn your head when you make four times what you're putting. Vancouver's in got a lot of issues as a city in general with real estate, a lot of uh, international investors. They've got a lot of money that's that's being harbored there that you have to worry when you're building infrastructure wise and you go, well, there's so much wealth here, but most of it's not here, you know, and I think. There's some worries in terms of how that can convert. I'm glad that they're back in the mix, though, because like, 
again, I what, said what a city, show. by the way, yeah. what a city. Vancouver's Incredible. beautiful and, and uh, great people and, and uh, close to Whistler and all of some fun stuff and close to our pal, Jay Demerit, yeah. who we got to have on the show at some point. Now, just to give everybody the stadium requirements that have to, at the very bare minimum, have to meet for FIFA to consider it. Stadiums must have a capacity of at least 40,000 to, to host a group stage game and or quarterfinals. Or excuse me, that's group stage games. Stadiums must have uh, quarterfinals or later in the knockout rounds. Must have a minimum of 60,000. And if you're hosting the opening ceremony or the final, it's got to have a minimum capacity of at least 80,000 people, which I think rules out a few of these places. But maybe it doesn't. I mean, out of Dallas, could you see Dallas holding the World Cup final? Because that stadium is magnificent. It's covered, right? This, this tournament's going to be in the summer, so it's going to be hot. And and there are a couple Texas cities, Houston and Dallas, that are being considered as going to be hot. Now, Miami is also another city that's being considered. I don't mm-hmm. think it'll host the final per se, but as going to be hot. Now, Orlando yeah. hosted Orlando hosted uh, 1994 World Cup games, and I went back and looked. I actually did some homework, everybody. Imagine yeah. this. But I did some homework about the cities that hosted in 1994 World Cup, the Women's World Cup in 99 and 2003, and the Copa America in 2016, the Centenario. But there are a lot of Gold Cup games. The World Cup qualifiers also, Heath, that I think needs to be taken into consideration. Cincinnati's on this list. Now, they wouldn't be playing in the, the MLS stadium that they have there, but whether we had, would we beat US, Mex- or U.S. beat Mexico 2-0 in World Cup qualifying. But I think it's shown that even if they have a bad MLS team, which they do, <laughs> they'll still come out and support. And, and yeah. I think that matters. Now, when I look at some of the, the – now, there's 17 cities that are being considered. Chicago, surprisingly, is not one of them. Soldier Field seems pretty iconic, all things considered. But they backed out. They didn't want any part of it. And I, I think that opens up an opportunity for a, a, a city in the Midwest to, to take that spot. So you got Kansas City, who I'm pulling mm-hmm. for. I played there for eight years, lived there for eight years. Did you play in, in the Chiefs Stadium? Uh, I did play in the Chiefs yeah. Stadium for the first four years. And, yeah. And before uh, you moved to the baseball field, before you moved to the to the yeah, yeah, yeah. We're trying to forget those years. But but Chief Stadium, because NFL won't kick off for another month after this the season's over, those ground that ground crew there, when it was before the Chiefs started, we had about the first two months. Yeah. I've never played on a better grass field. I mean, it was it was immaculate and it was awesome. So so I know they could put on a good thing. Kansas City would be great. But I think it's gonna be between Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Nashville. I really do think it's gonna come between those three and i hope kansas city gets it mm. now there's 17 american cities it's looking like with vancouver back in we'll probably only get 10 you got la and new york for sure i mean anybody that jumps out of you might be a bit of a surprise who do you who, i mean we'll get into who we think is going to host the final later mm. in the show but but what, what are you thinking about these cities who who do who, who are locks for you that have to be in well i'm a little torn jimmy because if it's an mls stadium and it plays in turf i don't think they should get it because no, you know, like so you say Seattle's out. <laughs> say Seattle's out. Saying well, Atlanta's New out. New England's well, out. I don't but, care. Oh, Robert, they're switching to grass. They're Robert switching Graf to grass. Said, Robert Kraft said they're gonna switch to grass. And and they've been included in all those tournaments I named. 94 World Cup, the Women's World Cups, Copa America Centenario. Yeah. Uh Foxborough is always Gillette Stadium's always involved. Yeah, that's true. I mean it, that's just me being selfish because I had to play on turf and it's always convenient when it that rolls in and it becomes grass for 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 the circus and and there's huge economic gains within all that from, but in all honesty, like, of course you want Boston. Of course you want Atlanta, like Atlanta, just in terms of the, the, the culture, the growth of the, that urban market, just the one, the, 
I think it's the busiest airport in the world again. Um, after this pandemic, it's gone back to being the busiest airport in the world in terms of flights. So they play on think surf about, as well. Yeah, but that's what I'm but saying. They, like, but I don't of course want that I would want. They don't want. The, we can't have that patchy ass grass. You and I no. both play it on grass. It gets laid on turf, and yeah. it's like these squares, and you're just like, ah, this is an ACL tear waiting to happen. Like they can't. I assume there's going to be some type of criteria that has to be met. Oh, it's going to have to be, be in for a while and settled and like yes, you're going to have to have the be, hydroponic lights yes, in there and all to, those kinds of things. To. You can't um, have that shitty ass patchy grass. I'm just throwing yeah. it out there. And so I'm, I'm assuming there's going to be implications around that. That would have it be where I would guess that uh, that year uh, Atlanta United would probably play on grass for uh, the, Dallas as well. Yeah. Dallas. Oh yeah. Dallas as well. And and so I was picking on the MLS teams because I'm like, man, I did not like going to Seattle to play on, on grass. I don't like going to Portland to play. I mean, on turf, I don't like mm -hmm. Portland playing on turf, but it is a great atmosphere. Um, and so those teams I actually do want just because I think there should be some rewards for the growth of the game and Seattle's helped propel the game forward. Atlanta's helped propel the game forward. And they also have the infrastructure, right? When you talk about SoFi, uh, you know, it, it, how many feet did you say it was? 49 feet or something yes, like that? It, it needs to expand 63 more feet. I, okay. They're going to make that so happen. So 63 feet, that's squared. So it's like... And, it's that's not, a turf it's, field it's as well, not dude. not that I, much. I, um, but, but yeah, kind of an oversight. I want it to, to be at the Rose Bowl, man. Yeah. I don't want to go to like the fancy high-end five-star hotel stadium that is SoFi, but that's probably what's going to happen. But when you think about fan demand and putting, you know, multiple games in uh, in, in a city... You could use both, but a final in the Rose Bowl would be iconic to just bring it back to that as as just sort of a kind of a run it back from 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 uh maybe Roberto Baggio can come back. That'd be yeah, sweet. Yeah. That'd be Randy nice. Chastain. Uh exactly, exactly. There's just iconic moments there. And I think when you when you bring it back to the modernized game and an expanded World Cup, it would be cool to sort of bring it back to all of that. I tell you, I've got all my stuff still from like ninety-four around me that I'm just like waiting for twenty twenty-six to Actually, I don't wait. I, I wear it on the show all the time, so <laughs> it's not that big a deal. But like, it's it's really hard to el eliminate some teams, Jimmy. When you're when you're talking about Dallas or Houston, you know, both indoor, right? Um, you know, Miami. I mean, that's going to be hot, like you said. It's it that is going to be a rocking. But at at the same time, when you think when I think about Miami and I think about the World Cup and a celebration and a party and an energy, I'm like, man, you don't want to miss out on Miami because that city can really bring it. Uh, I know they've struggled traditionally with with a lot of sports teams, uh, but the international. What about crowd, Philadelphia? I think Philly's in. I, I don't. I don't think they'll get a a, a bid, but uh, Philly's another huge okay, so, sports so city. Let's go like this. Let's go city by city. You tell me, lock or on the fence? All right. So Zach's already saying Philly's a lock. Twenty twenty six is the two hundred fiftieth anniversary of the country being formed. Like you got to mm -hmm. do it, which is kind of funny. I hadn't thought about that. Now, well, that's going to be their pitch, right? Uh, well, of course. So, like, so Boston, yeah. Boston's a lock. Now, now I should throw that Robert Kraft is also the honorary chair yeah. for the committee for the 2026 World Cup. So uh, it sounds like it's all. Like, He's a know. very powerful man who spent decades uh, investing and losing in the game. Uh, even well, though I'd like his, him to get a, well, to get even a though stadium, it's, it's right off uh, for all his success with the Patriots. Well, like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, like it, crying real tears for Robert. No, Kraft but over. like even even at that, even accidental uh, growth of the sport, I think is worth something. <laughs> Having said that, that, like build a soccer specific stadium. Uh, I love and, that. And put it I'm going to write that uh, on the back of yeah. the board. Accidental yeah. growth in the sport. Yeah, That's like he's great. invested in it, whether it was uh, pure business or which most of most MLS owners are are pure business, right? They're not caring about the growth of the sport necessarily. They're caring about the growth real of estate grabs, baby, yeah. real estate grabs. Um, but okay, yeah, so I, Boston, I think, Boston's a lock. Yeah. Okay, so Boston's a lock. We got nine more cities to lock in. Atlanta, I think they're a lock, man. Yeah. I think that they have the facilities. They've obviously shown the passion for the sport. I think uh -huh. it surprised everybody, and I think it's a part of the country that that would really benefit from. Uh, 
being exposed to the World Cup at the highest levels, to be honest. Nashville, what do you say, Nashville? Oh man, I mean, I feel like it's between. I'm going. I'm leaning towards Kansas City. I'm super biased, but uh, but it's got to be eighty, right? Like it's got to be eighty thousand. They're currently no, no, no. I mean, if you're just having group stage games and round of sixteen, you get uh, round of thirty-two. Crap, there's so many games. Round of (laughs) thirty-two, round of sixteen. There is um, minimum forty thousand. Minimum forty thousand. So I I saw U.S. Mexico game there. They they could do it. I mean, it's at the the football stadium. It's not at their. I don't. I don't think their new stadium is going to be forty thousand. You'd have to okay. look. Wait, who? Who's Nashville? No, but you'd be at Nissan Stadium. I you'd would. You'd be assume. at Nissan, right? Yeah. And I play. I. I mean, it's a cool place to see a game. Yeah. But but you can. I think. Were you I think, there for uh, that uh, Trinidad game um, qualifier? I went. I went home after that. Uh, when no, we I saw a U.S. Mexico friendly there a yeah. couple years ago. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd never played in there, but yeah, it's okay, hard okay. because Nashville as a city is really attractive. Again, uh, you know, I'm, in terms of criteria, uh, you know, we should. It's harder to define because all those places, I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. But like, do you think Denver? Denver, I I think that Denver might get it, if only because they have the Nations League, which proved its worth. Right? They didn't really have. When he looked at their history, they didn't host any World Cup games. It's convenient also women. Denver or Kansas City. Like somebody in there in terms I know, of like that's seeing the country. You can't just like go like No, no, no. You can't coastal. go just the coast. Uh, I, I think Denver and Kansas City could potentially both get it. That's why I want to whittle it down. But I think that Denver, because of how successful I think that CONCACAF Nations League stuff was, you were there on the ground. I mean, you can kind of speak to the passion that exists there in that in that area. We already know it exists, but you got to see it kind of most recently. Yeah. And, and also... How easy was it to get in and out of the stadium? I think all these little things matter in terms of what they pick. And, and because I know there are some stadiums, I'm looking at you uh, in Washington, D.C., where uh, Washington football team plays. The people, they hate that stadium. It didn't, like FIFA hated it. <laughs> They're going to go to Baltimore instead. So I don't think Washington, D.C. is going to get a game. Now, they might actually get a training facility and that type of stuff just to get the capital involved. But I think yeah. it's going to go to Baltimore and that's going to piss them off, obviously. So no Philly? I don't know, man. I, I, what do you say about Denver? Do you think Denver's getting it? I think Denver does just because the they're strategically located in an area that one, I think can fill a stadium Two, It's a really great stadium. Uh, I think they've shown the infrastructure wise, Denver's an awesome town as well. You know, again, there's stuff around Denver to be able to do mountain wise, outdoorsy, good time of year to do it. I also think it connects it connects the tournament in a way if, if you start to connect the web of like not being isolated. Remember Russia, like you had yeah, right. the 18-hour trains out to nowhere. And I think that's less than convenient for people that if you don't connect it, people are just going to stick to the coast or want to go to the coast. Of course, fans are going to travel where they go to, to, you know, they're going to buy the package to go to see all their, all yeah, their right. fans. But if you can strategically put the thing together so it's not uh, too stressful. Like the thing about Qatar, you buy a six-game package the last thing you got to do about Qatar is worry about how you're going to get there, right? You get six games. Say you buy the seven-game package to a final for the U.S. men's national team. You're just going in there, and you're just basically staying in Doha. And you could travel around the Middle East in between games or do your thing you know, in and out of that or whatever package you get. But you're not worrying about like, okay, now I've got the package. So now how am I going to get from like, Rostov on Don to to Moscow and Moscow to Sochi? And, like, and then you're talking about a much bigger, bigger thing. I think the convenience of travel or ease of travel, I think is going to be really important uh, in, in this conversation to make it uh, a good pitch for any fan base. Okay. So I'm bolding the cities that mm-hmm. I think are locks right now. We have Boston, Atlanta, 
New York City, obviously, is going to be in. Uh, Dallas is going to be in. So there's four. You got LA in some capacity, Rose Bowl or SoFi. That's five. And then I, I think Seattle, I, I think. So that's six. San Francisco, which would be Santa Clara with the Niners play, Levi yeah. Stadium. Uh, I've been there for a Copa America I, game. I think Mexico will only get two. Okay. So you got Mexico City and because you're going to have Azteca. And then it's either Guadalajara or Monterrey. Yeah. So I guess it's up to them to decide. But, but that might give us six, one more in the U.S. That might give us one more. So if we can get yeah. 11. Do you, what I mean, do you think that Edmonton? And, I think they're going to get two also. So only Edmonton, Toronto, or Vancouver, you're only going to get two. Yeah. So would uh, you give, would you give no, Seattle Edmonton, one? Wait, and then, so is Montreal Edmonton, out? Montreal's out. Okay. Vancouver's taking, taking the spot of Montreal. So, okay. so you have Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver. Yeah. Do you give Seattle and Vancouver, even though they're pretty much like an hour away from each other? Do you give them both? A spot? I mean, kind of. That's, 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 I mean, again, how you can roll out an expanded World Cup could be convenient for Seattle and Vancouver each, to each other, not to cannibalize each other. You know, um, there's, uh, and so I think I think that could help because it's tough for me to not want a Pacific Northwest, a U.S. based Pacific Northwest uh, game, just because I think that would be an iconic moment. Mm -hmm. uh, for that fan base, for the people that would travel in. It's also a destination for travelers. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think, I think, I think it would suck if all we did is go to like the cities that everybody who goes to, to us for their first trip is like wanting to go to, like, I want to go to Los Angeles. I want to go to New York. Like I think Pacific Northwest in terms of future tourism, showing at different parts of our city, different looks, different kind of, uh, makeups. Uh, I think Seattle would be great and Vancouver. Okay. All right. That's fire. I'm just, I'm just throwing that out there. Also, we should mention that there's going to be 80 total games in the 2026 world cup. Mexico is going to host 10 of these 80 Canada gets 10 and we get 60 of them, including from what I understand, the quarterfinals on are all going to be in the U S so something to take into consideration. Now, I don't think Orlando is going to be in. I think Miami, they're going to give it to one Florida city. Orlando's have their shot. And even though I think it'd be a great turnout, I want it to be in Miami. I want, there's such, uh, anytime I go down there, the, the thirst and love and passion for the game is evident. And all the culture that is down there from so many different influences from around the world, I hope that Miami gets it. Now, it's going to be hot. It's going to be really, really hot. And I wonder, those games will probably kick off pretty late, or at least I think in fairness to the players today, they should yeah. kick those off as late as possible. But I do think we're going to have one Florida City. I do think that Dallas is going to get the nod over Houston. I don't think they're going to take both Texas cities. And then there's people in the in the chat and the comments. So is Orlando sustained. UCF? Is that UCF then they play it in Orlando? UCF used to play at the Citrus Bowl. Does the Citrus Bowl not exist anymore? Is that UCF? Uh, because that but that I, does link into the, the segue. Bowl does, but the U UCF Stadium is is where they have the that Florida Cup. Uh, right, 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 right. Bounce House. Uh, good question. That's a good question. Whatever they can host. I mean, I, I don't know. 45,000 capacity. It's a cool stadium. I, 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 I went and saw a couple of games there. It was pretty, pretty good. And I know what it's about, a rock in college what, football. I mean, there's stadium. a lot of people saying that college football stadiums seem like a good option. As Jonathan says, the big house yeah. where Michigan plays has hosted a couple uh, international friendlies between. Yeah, we saw the, the ICC clubs. game there that was like 120,000, right? Um, right, right, right. Like maxed out, which is pretty insane. I didn't. I didn't go to that game. I had. Oh an yeah, it's right here from Jonathan. Pass. Yeah. Did you? Did you end up going? 
I didn't go to that. No, but, but, uh, you know, I had heard that it was, it was, it was, it was rocking, which is, which is, but it's not even being considered as one of the final spots. So, well, I mean, would you want to go to the big house if you were coming from, you know, Argentina? Is that a destination you would want to go just for the game? Or would you rather have a city that you could go into that has a little, and I, I, that's no disrespect to, to, to Michigan, but Ann Arbor, like, taking yeah. shots at Ann like, Arbor right now. <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I, listen, I'm from Modesto, but I know that you put a game in Modesto, and we're, you know, I, I don't think we're going to get a lot of people wanting to sticking around. Yeah, sticking around. <laughs> so I think there's there's just other factors in terms of modes of public transportation, ease of ease of travel, uh, infrastructure around that. Um, you know, can it handle a capacity of of people coming in and staying for long periods of time versus just kind of coming in for a day or mostly local people coming in for for a match? Cause you're going to have to take that influx of travel. So the amount of uh, hotels and infrastructure, and I'm not saying Ann Arbor doesn't have that because obviously they bring a huge crowd and you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, it's like hair and vein where it's like 15,000 people in the town, but like 45,000 come to the games. Like people have a way of getting there. But when you think about a world cup and the cost and the expense of that, if I'm a fan and I'm traveling, I'm like, I'm probably going to want to stick to the cities that have a little bit more, uh, a little bit more to, to, to offer me outside of the 90 minutes that I'm going to spend inside of that stadium. Okay. No, I like that. And I just, there's a part of me that there's so many games. It would just be kind of cool if we did sprinkle them around to, yeah. to the big house. I think that would be really, really cool. They don't have to host five games. Now, mm-hmm. Robert Kraft came out and said, I hope Boston gets it. I mean, I think he knows they're probably going to get it. But the 1994 World Cup, uh, Foxborough Stadium at the time, which is now Gillette, hosted six games, including a quarterfinal between Spain and Italy, if I'm not mistaken. So they, they, that's a lot of games for one particular stadium to host. I mean, wouldn't it be cool if you did, hey, hey, big house, we know you maybe don't have the infrastructure. People don't necessarily want to spend too much time there for whatever reason, all the things you mentioned. You're not one of the more, let's say, the, the more glamorous cities with all due respect. But, but we're going to give you two group stage games. Even if it's like Senegal versus Canada. I don't know. Canada will play all their home games or whatever. But Senegal versus whatever. I don't know. Ecuador. People would still come out, dude. It'd be awesome. You know, it's a World Cup game. The games are different. They they have a different vibe. That would be pretty cool. I, I hope that that happens in some some capacity. It won't because they've already identified the thing. So here, hold on. This is what I got. So if you say there's 16 total venues that are going to be chosen for the 2026 World Cup, mm-hmm. you're saying that four of those. I think 16, we might get 12. So we might get 12 cities. But 11 to be safe. I think we'll get a, at least 11 because maybe you go with three in one of those countries. But I think... Okay. I, think, okay. I think we get so it. Here's my list. Mm-hmm. Everybody listen and then comment. And if you're listening to this after the fact and not watching live on YouTube, hit us up on Twitter, ISWT pod with your thoughts here. But right now I have locked Boston, Atlanta, Baltimore, New York slash New Jersey, Philly, Miami, Kansas City, Dallas, Denver, San Francisco, Seattle, Los Angeles. That's 12. I've left out Nashville, Orlando, Washington, D.C., Cincinnati, and Houston. But there might be one more that gets left out of there because that's that's 12 cities. And of the ones that I have locked, I wonder which one goes because it could be KC if they wanted to say the middle of the country is going to be Denver, you know, and yeah. they're not going to have two cities in the middle of the country. I, I would guess in the joint bid, though, that the U.S. was like, hey, gotta we're going to bring you guys in. But we need the bulk of them. Like we need, we need twelve, and you're. Yeah, we were sixty games for twelve yeah. cities. You know, that's that's 
That's Could you five imagine games 60 and 10? Like, that's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. You know, and then you just start to go like, well, if it's going to be that, then people are going to just kind of go with cities that they want to be in. Yeah, or, or I'm just going to stay in New like, York for a yeah, month. I'm and, good. And watch I'm going to get the, six games, seven games. games, no problem. Yeah, uh, no joke. And so that's why I think I think you I think you get 12, 12 stadiums based on just math alone. Um, but and I'm you're sure going to have basically, Canada. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa! You can't take all the games, baby. They help. Yeah, all of our but local if you're economies. if you're joint if you're joint bidding in the U.S. and you're you're going out to to build this campaign, you're kind of like, I mean, I think the U.S. solo would have still won it against Morocco. Um, but as a growth of of North America of the sport and a celebration of the sport and a reflection of where we're going with Major League Soccer and and Mexico being intertwined, MLS and Canada, uh, Canadian teams in, in MLS, like it is all all connected. And I think it's a huge moment. But how many games do each of those countries get that you said? There's, so there's they get ten. In the US, ten. Ten for Canada. Ten for Mexico. I mean, and we get all we get all the we get all the knockout round games from the quarterfinals on. So round of thirty two and round of sixteen could be held in Canada. So that would be five games in every city in the U.S. at sixty. Ten, you would have five games in each city if you did. Yeah. So I mean, the okay. math. Look, I'm a conspiracy theorist for sure. You know, I you know, uh, uh, but but I think the U.S. just generally led that bid, and ten games. Is a could be a massive financial uh, opportunity for for cities in terms of infrastructure, in terms of improvements of stadiums, in terms of jobs and GDP and all that sort of stuff. I think could be great. I think it starts to get a little weird if you gave the three teams bidding all three of them in each of those places, but we're going to eliminate cities in the U.S. based just on purely on the volume of the expanded World Cup. Yeah, somebody made a good point in the comments too that I think we should address. Uh, usually, a few matches are played in the country's capital, or at least near it. Now, there has been a report Sacramento? in the Washington Post. Sacramento, yeah. not our country. <laughs> <laughs> not in the, well, currently in the state we are. But in the country's capital, it is yeah. Washington, D.C., but apparently they are not happy with FedEx Fields, FIFA, and... You give it to Baltimore. That's sort of, you know... Yeah, well, that's the thing. Maybe you give it to Baltimore. I think Baltimore's in, because there's going to be a thirst to have it to, to somewhere near the, the capital. I wonder if that eliminates Philly. Uh, New York's in for sure. So so Philly could be one. That could be that 11th, like that, that 12th one that gets eliminated. So we yeah. can get down to 11. That's a possibility. I I, I, think I might that, be looking too much as a fan of like, you know, pandemic travel right now where I get on a plane. I'm like, why am I doing this? I'm wearing a mask for six hours and like flying across the country, exhausted, going through security. And I think I just got real lazy uh, during this pandemic. And I'm thinking like, you know, it'd be nice, like go to World Cup where I like, Spend about a week in New York, go to Philly for another week, and then go to Baltimore and like oh, there we games. go. I think that's good. Yeah, catch catch ten games and uh, don't gotta get on. You know, take an Amtrak uh, everywhere, uh, which sounds nice. But I, I know that's just not always the case. We saw with Russia, they were just like, and we're gonna put one way over there. Uh, so okay, so wait, so if we look at it regionally, based on the list of twelve that I have, or let's leave Philly out right now. Sorry, Philly. But you have L.A., Seattle, and San Francisco kind of holding down the West Coast. And then in the middle, you'll have Dallas, Denver, and Kansas City. And then kind of southish, you'll have Atlanta and Miami. And then uh, East Coast, you'll have Baltimore, New York, and Boston, which I actually think is pretty well balanced, all things considered. You have a, like three or four cities in each region. Are you are you at twelve now with that? That would be no, that'd be eleven. Philly would okay. be out, but you could add Philly. That would make it twelve. 
I don't think they're giving us 12, man. I think they're going 11. I think we're getting but, 12. But, but when I look at Canada, you have the Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. You got BMO Field in Toronto. And you got BC Place in Vancouver. Are those venues big enough to... I feel like they're really, they're really close to that 40,000 capacity threshold. I assume which, they'll probably figure that out to make sure that they meet it. But, but which venue did you say? Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton, BMO Field in Toronto, BC Place in Vancouver. Now, maybe they, I don't know what they're going to end up doing, but I'm sure they'll, they'll figure out ways to meet that 40,000 seat capacity minimum. Do you feel like, because I feel in 1994 World Cup, there was a big emphasis on. This World Cup is going to be the driver for a domestic league, which ultimately took two years to get going in MLS. Do you feel like there's any cities that maybe FIFA is looking at or the committee, the FIFA committee, which which I should say that Amy Hopfinger, who worked for U.S. Soccer for 18 years, Heath and I are both friends with Amy after, after our time with the national team. She's, She's moving great. on to be part of the FIFA mm -hmm. committee. She's great. And, and uh, Dan Flynn also who was CEO of U.S. Soccer for many years, 19 years with U.S. Soccer, is also being part of FIFA. They just announced it yesterday. So him and I Amy believe they're related. Over. Are they related? Yeah, I believe so. I could be wrong. Related to what? As people? As family, yeah. I think they're... Oh, I didn't know that. I, I could be wrong. Wow, starting rumors here on the In Soccer We Trust podcast. This is what we do. Gossip, baby. Pure gossip. But, but it's going to be... Ulti I wonder if all these people, when they're making decisions, is there any market out there, any city that's out there, that they feel like, man, if we just gave them the World Cup, maybe that'll give them the push to, to, to bigger things, to really solidify their soccer city status, as it were. Now, most of these cities I'm looking at, Boston, Atlanta, Nashville, Orlando, all have MLS teams, D.C., Baltimore, kind of the same, New York, same, Philly, Miami, Kansas City, Cincinnati, Dallas, Denver, Houston, San Francisco is the only one. But that's more Santa Clara, San Jose Earthquakes territory, Seattle. And LA. I mean, everybody's got an MLS team, so it wouldn't be. I don't know. I mean, I guess when I look at Canada, it's only Edmonton that has a, what, a Canadian Premier League team, but doesn't have a an MLS team. Vegas is a good shout, right? I know that there was a big. How about push Phoenix like, though, where Glendale? Because they had a Copa America game there. Phoenix, yeah. I I remember I remember playing uh, a Mexico game in Phoenix. I believe, yeah. Yep. It was actually that's where, that's where I scored, dude. Jurgens. <laughs> I scored. I played and scored my only goal for the U.S. Roll the clip. Can we have the clip? Okay, never mind. Bad joke. That's where that's where your that's where your goal was. Yeah, it's my goal was in Glendale, Arizona. We we, we drew uh, in 2012. I want to say no, not 12. Yeah, I guess no. I I don't know, dude. But like when Jurgen just took over, it was no. Was that a Bob? No, it's a Jurgen game. Uh, um, I mean, Vegas, Vegas was the gold cup final recently and yeah. uh, people turned out. So, yeah, I mean, those are, those are ones that I'm like, uh, kind of, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, you look at those and you go, man, Vegas as a city in terms of a destination, in terms of the stadium, I just, I I'm still, I almost feel like it gets punished because it hasn't developed in the way that we had thought they wanted an MLS team. They still want an MLS team. They haven't really, we saw the Las Vegas lights. They're an affiliate of LAFC, uh, an unbelievable experience from what I hear. It's like really fun, uh, experience, but hasn't really established. I grew up going to a Las Vegas invitational of some kind on these old golf field golf courses that were like, they turned this like tea and golf ball into a soccer ball and mm -hmm. it became these, these soccer complex. I don't know if you ever went to that, Jimmy. Um, but it was a massive facility and it was a huge tournament when I was a kid, but it just hasn't really, I don't know. 
uh, rounded the corner, but it's not like you need to sell Vegas to people to go to Vegas. Um, no, that's true. From around the world, because that's, no, that's another true. place where people always want to go. Man, lots to get into. I should mention also that there are reports that these cities could be named as soon as May, but definitely by June, we're going to know the cities, whether there's 10, 11, or 12 American cities and which ones are going with in Canada and Mexico as well. All right, everybody, we're going to take our one and only break of the In Soccer We Trust podcast. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about which city we think deserves to host the final. And we're going to reveal our special guest, a crazy special guest that we're going to have on Monday's show. So don't go anywhere. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I want to let everybody know that you should be tuning in and subscribing to the Attacking Third podcast. They are doing some special things over there. Part of the CBS Sports family of podcasts. Uh, Friday night, following the last NWSL game, they're going to have a live recap. That is tonight, more, Monday morning. They always have a full NWSL recap. There's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in NWSL that I think you guys want to tune into and pay attention to. And then Monday after that, 3 p.m. Eastern time, they're going to have the U.S. Women's National Team Hour, which is always fun to, to get into that and get caught up and to listen on everything that's going on around the U.S. Women's National Team. Always plenty of news. Uh, usually good, but there's some tasty stuff there with the lawsuits and everything else that's going on. And uh, I'm glad that that found some resolution, even though I don't think everybody's happy with it. I will say, though, I was part of the executive committee for the MLS Players Union during our first collective bargaining agreement with MLS. And when I was in the locker room, I was the player rep for Kansas City, but I was also on the exec committee. There was me, Landon Donovan, Ben Olson, Chris Klein, and Pat Onstad were the OGs, executive committee. Eddie Pope had just retired. He had joined the staff as well. And when you're in the locker room trying to get everybody to kind of buy in on what we're fighting for, you kind of get everybody rabid at the mouth, like, get this done. So you go there and you fight and you have to say, well, you get in the room with the big dogs on MLS's side. And Heath, you realize that you're not going to get everything that you want. And everything that you're getting everybody all fired up about, you're like, oh, we're going to have to concede something. There has to be some compromise. And mm -hmm. I went back and I thought we made some, some concessions that, that worked for the best, but I thought that they planted the seed for, for better things in the future, right? We had yeah. to lay the foundation and the groundwork. And I remember going back after putting months and months into this behind the scenes and everybody was like, oh, man, I was ready to strike, man. I mean, we didn't even get this, this and this. Like Everybody was bitching about the things that we didn't get as opposed to kind of seeing the promise of what was in front of us. And I remember being kind of depressed after the fact because it didn't feel like the work that we had put in was appreciated. And so anyway, that was my yeah. little foray into it is, it's hard through labor. It is very hard. It's and, hard. And, so, and it's tense. having that. And Having that uh, I will say this for the women's national team, I think is important that they got there because 
now they have something they can build off of moving forward. Yeah, one of the things that's really complicated about that, and I, I know we don't need to necessarily sit on this forever, but um, by the way, do you like this NWSL hoodie I got on? It's pretty sick. It's this I saw nice. I saw somebody wearing a, a cream-colored one. I was like, how do I get one? And then I got one, and uh, it's pretty sick. I like it I like sick. when I'm it, a little it's jealous, square. Uh, I like the uh, rectangle, like yeah, textile, very like supreme. flat logos. Um, exactly. There you go. Um, one of the big challenges for anybody that's that's kind of uh, a hobbyist in in these labor disputes uh, is is the foreign <laughs> player and the player that is not domestic. Um, I guess that's the same thing. But the player that is like explaining to somebody who's here on a contract that doesn't care about the growth of the league, that doesn't care about what you're going to get, Jimmy, what I'm going to get, or what our yeah. our kids are going to get, or where our, our the young players on our team are going to get because they're here, they're here to get paid, and then to have a conversation with being like, hey, man. There's a good chance that uh, you might not get be getting paid for a while, and I know we you're in a, a different place in a different country, and I know that this isn't where you see necessarily your future. This is a stepping stone. Uh, it's hard to get people to buy in, right? So it takes a lot of work and effort when you're talking about strikes and and things like that. But if you look at just where the league is, it's always it's always one of those things where you sign the new deal, and the next guy, the next day, you have a few, you know, veteran players or whatever loud people on on social media going like oh we really blew our chance on this deal and you're like well we had you know right where was that voice before exactly Uh, exactly exactly yeah oh by the way i i believe that the just to clarify for anybody i think it's the goddaughter uh dan flynn and amy hopfinger something like that um so got it thanks uh, before before anybody uh goes and attacks me for like okay okay nepotism or something before we get to where we think the world cup final should be held Mm mm-hmm I actually want to talk about our special guest that we're bringing in on Monday. Okay. His name is Hugo Perez. He is the current coach of the El Salvadorian or El Salvadoran national team. He is a former U.S. men's national team player, played with the national team from the 1984 to 1994. He was actually U.S. soccer player of the year in 1991, played in the World Cup for us in 94. Decorated athlete for us, coached our youth national teams, now is doing a great job with El Salvador. He's coming on. On Monday, and why I love that, Keith Pierce, and that's going to, if you want to watch it live with us, that's 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, same mm-hmm. time as today, to to tune in live. So you, maybe you guys can ask him some questions, get in the comments, and, and be a part of it. That would be awesome. But if not, you can catch it on any of the platform, uh, podcast platforms of your choice. What I love about this is that because of his vast experience playing for the U.S., coaching for the U.S., being part of the U.S. soccer pyramid or, or underneath the U.S. soccer umbrella, now that he's on the outside, I feel like he can give us some good insight on maybe what needs to change. That's that's one thing. Secondly, I also want to talk to him about kind of dual nationals and and because he has Alex Roldan that could have played for the mm-hmm. U.S. but but decided uh, Eric Zavaleta is another one that plays for El Salvador. Um, but then also, I think he he has the best insight. I mean, how, we only have a handful of people I think in the world that could really say which. Which player or which country is currently better, Canada, Mexico, or the U.S.? And who do you think is going to go farther in the World Cup? Because he got to play against them twice, home and away, mm-hmm. in World Cup qualifying. So I am absolutely buzzing to have Hugo Perez come on on Monday. So I hope that uh, you guys are ex- excited as well. Share this. Let everybody know what's happening on Monday so you can be a part of it. And we will definitely, if you have some good questions, I'll make sure that we get to ask those of Ugo Perez. So it should be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to it. What do you think about Ugo Perez coming on? I'm excited. I'm also just for everybody's reference, 
Jimmy went and 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 uh, booked Hugo Perez and then threw it into the group chat with me and Charlie <laughs> to make it a competition, which I like of of who can we get on here. So obviously, I want everybody who who watches this and we're going to bring this up regularly to tell us who you want on these shows and we'll we'll go out and get them. There's very few people I think that we're boxed out from. Just you know, just the few people that Jimmy's attacked on social media. And there's, uh, we're at <laughs> yeah, the point yeah, of no yeah, return. Jurgen Klinsmann yeah. probably not coming on the show. Just but he might. T- time heals. Uh, <laughs> Does it? You know, uh, I don't know because uh, I'll remember. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you know w- would love to know who, who people want. And we're talking about current players, uh, former players, staff storytellers. I mean, there's just so many people from the different national team eras that can come on and tell fun little anecdotes of uh, history of, of of the game from, from coaches that have played against the U.S. to things like that. So if you guys have people in mind, uh, let us know. We'll make a list and we'll, we'll just start attacking it because now it's a, a personal competition between Jimmy and myself and Charlie um, uh, to, yeah, to, to, to make sure that we're at least once a week getting yes. a guest on here to, to come and give a different perspective. That's what we want. Ultimately, we, we're definitely going a minimum three podcasts a week. And we want one of those podcasts to be more guest related so we can get some good insight and really maybe mm-hmm. give us some context. We talk about all these topics. We get some big themes. But what if we could? I mean, I, I, I'm friends with Eric Palmer Brown. I want to bring him on at some point because I want him to talk about getting signed by Man City and then going off on loan. Like what's that right. experience like? I, I mean, I want to know what that adventure is like and, and how hard it is because I don't, it doesn't seem easy by any stretch of the imagination, despite how romantic it sounds. It gets signed by city and, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, does the handshake with Pep Guardiola and does all that. And they're like, all right, you're going out on loan. We might not ever see you again. Cause that's kind of how it goes sometimes for certain players. But, but that's just one example of, of different people that we can get that can really give us some really good insight and thought and, and diversity in terms of our topics. So we're not always kind of harping on the same stuff every single time so yeah any of that stuff hit us up on twitter as well iswt pod we'd really appreciate starting to compile a list i know the producer alex is working on it right now so any comments that you're putting in will be registered and we'll try our very best to get uh some some guests on we're working on jesse marsh which would be a good one greg berhalter of course and uh those should be a lot of fun to to have those guys on at some point we'll get them it's just a matter of of when not if so let's talk now world cup final I think there's only three spots, Heath, that can make this determination. One is L.A., either the Rose Bowl, which I would prefer, but probably SoFi Stadium. Obviously, just hosted the Super Bowl and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm from L.A., and I just like I'm such a so torn and, and that I want I want it to be the Rose Bowl. I think New York, obviously, MetLife Stadium has the capacity. You and I have both seen games there and uh, know it can host and host a good one. And then Dallas, I think is Dallas, I think needs to be thrown into consideration because of what Jerry Jones, the Cowboys owner has built there. It is quite the cathedral to sports in general, and it could host a magnificent final as well. It's indoors. So obviously you have that complication, but the grass will be in, of course. But because it won't be hot and you can control the temperature inside, I think it's one of those three destinations. So for everybody listening or watching right now, LA, New York, or Dallas, where do you think the World Cup final is going to be, Heath? Why don't you chime in? I think, wow, this is tough. New York's going to be I, hot. New York's going to be hot. It's going to be hot. But It'd only be think- LA and Dallas. You can control the temperature. Well, LA should be a little bit more mild than New York. Man, this is where it gets a little complicated for the U.S. It's time zones, right, of the global game. You're talking about a global match. This is not just for the 100,000 people that can make it to the stadium or the city that it's in. 
uh, a lot of this is about TV viewership as well. This is this is the Super Bowl, right, uh, of the global game. And so, when I think about it through that lens, just from a from a the the, the business side of of, of that, I, I think like okay, if you did West Coast, it would need to be like a noon kickoff, right? So everybody in the world could you could maximize the billions of people that would watch yeah. it. But do you and think in New York it cover? You could in do New what? York, you could do you could do. I guess that would be a three three p.m. kickoff, which you wouldn't want in the middle of in the middle no, of that would, God, uh, that sounds terrible. That would be like, from a player really really rough, and uh, that would need to be a night game, which means you lose all of Europe. You can't do that, and you would get it could kind be, of it Asia. Could be Dallas by default. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it just again because you could you could controlling do noon, the environment. You could do you could do noon in Dallas, and because it's a closed stadium. I guess SoFi would have a cover too. They could go a little earlier, maybe, maybe instead of yeah, you'd have a noon kickoff. But if it wasn't at the Rose Bowl, you could play. But I mean, if you did two p.m. in Dallas, you would still have the time for the buildup. You would have that yeah, would be yeah. what I seven you, hours. Dude, from is Europe, it going to be Dallas? So is it really going to be Dallas? I feel like we're talking ourselves into Dallas hosting the World Cup final. But we're that also was, thinking we're thinking with logic and nothing in in the soccer world, especially with regard to FIFA or with regard to. Uh, oh, no, I don't say FIFA, but World Cups and everything like any 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 sort of uh, spa, uh, governed thing. There's just so much more than just being like, well, how do we get the most amount of people? To I mean, that is a big part of it, but like right. there's other factors. So maybe we're 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 too focused on the kickoff time. Uh, no, I think I think it because, makes a lot yeah. of sense though. I mean, you're, I mean, now that you're rationally talking about this, leaving emotion aside, I believe that Dallas might be the best fit for the for the global audience because you can control the environment. That's really interesting. Now, here's another question for you as we start to compile people's answers. Do you feel like if you host the World Cup final, you shouldn't be able to host one of the U.S. group stage games? Because if we have 11 American cities, all 11 are going to want to host a U.S. game. Now, now of those 11 cities, and if you host the World Cup final, I don't think you should get one because that's a special treat to host the World Cup final. Yeah, but but, but they might want game. Like, I, I'll, I'll get, take a Brazil game. I'll take an Argentina game. I'll take a no, Germany game. No, for sure. Game. But no, of course. I mean, it's all the games are going to help your market no matter what. But I but it would just be really special to host a US game. I think if if Dallas What do you think gets, what do you think is bringing more uh, cuz if you're if you if you're a city, you're thinking about bring the money. That's it. Spend it my bars, spend it my restaurants, spend it my hotels, spend it my city. That's what you're thinking about, right? Bring as many people as you can. So do you think that the U.S. game in itself would bring more money to a city than than, than another? I mean, the U.S. is traditionally yes. one of the top three or four travelers to World Cups. Um, uh, yes, yes, it would bring more money for sure. I mean, I was in I, I was in Pasadena when Brazil won the World Cup and the little mm -hmm. area that we used to go out, Old Town Pasadena, like the streets were blocked. It was my first real experience of being a part of something bigger than myself around the game. Yeah, it, to, to be... Like Were you a drums. teenager at that point? I was a teenager. a teenager. Yeah, okay. I was in high school. And and it was unbelievable. And it was so easy to get caught up in that fervor. I, I just, I don't think these cities will want to pass up that opportunity. And now I wonder, well, okay, if U.S. soccer has any influence, and I'm sure they will on where they play those group stage games, where does U.S. soccer want to play? Because we know they'll put anybody in Minnesota to Dude. freeze off, freeze, <laughs> yeah, freeze their toes I, off and get frostbite for their I'll, goalkeeper. I'll tell you when I was in when I was in <laughs> Russia for for the 2018 World Cup, I was there for about three and a half weeks, and I was I followed the Brazil team uh, nights before games to where they would gather and have these big parties. I went and met with the Argentina fans days that they were going to have their parties where they did these marches to the to the to the team stadium and it was like insanity 
And when I think about just that coming to a city in like this wave, yeah, okay, you're going to get more red, white, and blue and flags and all those things in any city that the U.S. is playing. But it was like this cultural melting pot that was just unbelievable. And don't, don't, not to mention, right? You're talking about, uh, uh, say, uh, let's take a city like Denver. Denver's okay. going to get, if Denver's going to get six games or five games, right? Minimum. Well, I mean, on average, on you're going to, you're going to have people coming in and out all the time. I remember my flight out, I was on a, like half my plane was Peruvians and so awesome. And That's, you know, I love this tournament. It, 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 so it was awesome. just like, it was, it was just, you, you just have this kind of, you have people that have bases that just are having to figure out the logistics of how they're going to get there where it's like, Oh, I'm going to miss the second game and I'm going to go to the third game. Cause it's back on the West coast. Cause I don't want to go, you know, so you get these hubs of people that just like be like, I'm going to be in between Denver and LA for the world cup or something like that. No, and, I, well, I yeah. was in Brazil and, and that's when Costa Rica got out of the group of death. Crazy yeah. how they got out of the group of death. They won the group of death and the Tico fans, Ticos were crazy, man. They were all over the place. And I shared a plane with them down to either Sao Paulo or Rio coming back from Manaus or whatever. And, and those the insane, insane, but, but it really spoke to that passion doesn't just, start and stop with the whistle, right? It mm -hmm. extends way past that and way before games even go. I mean, just that energy that they're ready to party for the whole month. And so, yeah, I guess you're not going to say no to any, you know, any teams you're going to get because you are going to invite this really, um, as you say, um, I don't know, culturally diverse audience. And, and, and I love, well, that's what I loved when I was a teenager and I saw, I had just never seen Brazilian culture in this way. Now, I knew it existed. You read it. You kind of see it on TV or whatever. But but to be a, amongst it and to see, obviously, they just won the World Cup, so they're super happy. Yeah. But 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 to be, just to be amongst it was something I, uh, the, the, like, this game is for me. It just solidified what I already knew to be true, but I needed that maybe that little extra. And, and to be a part of it and to see how much it meant to people. And I think that's important, too, these cities when they host it. Yeah, they've got MLS games, and sometimes they get a national team game for men or women. But to actually host this, it's pretty special. That yeah. said, to somebody's point, if Philly does become a city, having the U.S. be in Philly for the 250th anniversary of our country is pretty rad. That would be that would be pretty hot. So that that's one that maybe I would consider. But I assume they'll probably. My guess is they'll play one on one of the coasts, one in the middle, and one on the other coast. Yeah, they'll that, just that's, play. That's my guess on that. They'll just play a Fourth of July game, you know, like and and then be like, that was it, you know. That was it. We're done. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're celebrating it on, on, on this day. We're not going to give it to Philly. I would love for Philly to, to, to get, it. I mean, just Eastern seaboard in general, just the melting pot of, you know, uh, cultures from everywhere. You're always going to have a turnout. Like I just, I keep going back in my mind to like the neighborhoods of, of, of New York and the, and the different in the, in the boroughs where it's like, you're going to have like, I, I go back to when F1 came to Montreal or it, when it goes to Montreal, when I was living there, you had like in the summertime, these cities would like just block off streets for weeks at a time where it's like pop-ups and festivals and like all those little things. And I just think about that for a world cup and you're like, Oh yeah. Like New York as a city could be walking only in big areas for a long time in the way that people are going to arrive. And I'm, I, I don't know. I have no point of that other than the fact that I'm super excited about what it's going to be. And it's so far too. away. Uh, yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to see when this gets announced and who ends up getting picked. But, uh, this is a lot of fun to dissect because there's a lot of special cities out there around all three of these countries that are hosting. And um, it's going to be a special experience for everybody involved, whether your city gets it or not. Hopefully there'll be a city. Close so you say in Dallas, go. though, is that Dallas your final final pick? I still think L.A. I still think L.A. as well. 
because they've hosted it before. But even that was an early kickoff because of TV audience. I don't think it'll be New York. I just think it'll be too hot. They'd have to go a little bit earlier in the day. Dallas, I, I think, would be a close second here. But L.A., given that it's hosted two World Cup finals before for the men in 94 and for the women in 99, I think that history will repeat itself and that yeah. will be the spot again. And I'm all for it because you and I are both in California. You're in L.A. I'm in San Francisco. So that should be uh, pretty rad, assuming we're still in those same places when it rolls around. All right, everybody, we are done. With this episode of In Soccer, we trust. But as a reminder, after you hit like and subscribe and hit subscribe on the podcast platforms, leave us five-star reviews and all that good stuff. We have a special guest joining us, the national team coach for El Salvador, Hugo Perez, former U.S. men's national team player as well. Played for our country for 10 years from 84 to 94. Played in that 1994 World Cup. Gotten one appearance, played against Brazil in the second round. We have plenty to talk to him about on Monday. That is going to be going live here on the YouTubes, 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Do not miss that. And of course, we'll be bringing you two extra podcasts at the next week as well, Thursday and Friday. So on behalf of producer Alex, and of course, Charlie Davies and Hollywood Heath Pierce, I'm Jimmy Conrad saying thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Later.